Hello and welcome to the Hairdresser Strong Show. I'm your host, Robert Hughes. I'm back today with Justine and Devin from Blackbird Salon in Washington, D.C. Today, we're going to hear about their innovative business model and how they're adapting to the trends and needs of the up-and-coming stylist and where the industry is going. Uh, Justine and Devin, would you introduce yourself for those viewers and listeners who didn't get to know you in the last episode that you were in? Um, My name is Devin. And I'm Justine. We are both co-owners of Blackbird Salon in Washington, D.C., um, both colorists as well as educators and extension specialists. Awesome. So um, if you didn't watch, if you're listening or watching, you, you didn't get to see or listen to the uh, episode that we had Justine and Devin on uh, where we got to know them and hear about their rise to becoming salon owner and how they got what the steps they went through. Um, Towards the end of that conversation, we started talking about, you know, how many chairs you have and how many people work there. And um, if I remember correctly, you have eight chairs and um, somewhere around 20 stylists with three receptionists and some shampoo assistants slash apprentices. And uh, is that right? We have about 20 employees, but not 20 stylists. I think stylists, we have probably um, 16. Yeah. 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. Somewhere. So, so like twice Between as many. 10 and 16. Okay. Okay. So why don't you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Cause I'm, I hear eight chairs and then I hear. Almost double the amount of stylists. So why don't you yes. tell us about, about how that works? Uh, you mentioned in the previous episode, uh, and by the way, if you all haven't listened or read it, uh, and I didn't say this already, I don't know if I said this already, but go back and watch that episode uh, and get to know Justine and Devin. But um, tell us a little bit about it. You said something about rentals and also commission. Tell us a little bit about yeah. how your structure works. I feel like it should definitely start from kind of the beginning when we were planning Blackbird. We knew we were going to only have about eight chairs, and we were confident that the eight chairs full-time stylist could support, you know, daily costs as well as rent costs and everything in between. Along the way, uh, we were very interested to figure out how we could get costs down but raise income, and that looks a little bit like sharing a station and having multiple stylists instead of just having eight stylists only we can have up to 16 and split the timing and have some part-time some commission or some on rental and that was kind of like how we first got into that and it has grown a little bit along the way and it really just depends on each particular person's career path And we even have a couple of ideas for the future of this business model that we are just started learning and are interested in that we can talk about later. But that was the beginning. Um, So some of our stylists only work one day a month. Um, And they may work in other salons or live in different states or just be in a certain place in the industry where they're not full time. Um, but they still have like a clientele that they want to maintain. So that's how that number sounds like a lot. Um, but in reality, we're only really seeing them on like a sun- one Sunday a month. Some stylists, we have two days a week. Some stylists, we have five days a week. Some stylists, we have two to three days a month. It kind of varies. Um, 
And then some people we just kind of have on call for when they are in town or like are in the DMV and just kind of want a chair to be able to take um, a local clientele. So we really kind of try to encourage people on whatever works for them. And then we kind of meet them there. For some people, their clients are booked and checked out through our system. And then some people have an independent um, system that is unlike our own and they operate completely independently from Blackbird. Um, So it kind of varies, but we really enjoy it because I think as we became salon owners ourselves, we kind of tried to figure out like what we would want as, um, two people that are still very much behind the chair. And I think we realized that we wanted options. And I think that's kind of where the industry is moving, um, especially with social media and hair or the beauty industry becoming so accessible and so in demand. I think people are really encouraged by the idea to be able to do hair in both LA and DC and Chicago and New York and, and Miami or, or just be able to create dreams outside of, a five-day work week and we really wanted to be bosses or a salon that can encourage that kind of lifestyle because it only helps us succeed and then we also get a bigger network um, for ourselves that we get to support and meet so we really enjoy it it's definitely new for us so I think there's like a lot of bumps along the way but we are kind of enjoying it because we feel like this is something really new to the industry that people are starting to get their toes into and I think we're just happy to be a part of it um but like every month is is different and uh, you never know especially this holiday season it's like okay we made this crazy excel sheet of like who's in what chair when um it's actually Mm -hmm. kind of insane but um (laughs) It works. Yeah, it, it works. Yeah, we're getting pretty organized. That's awesome. I uh, so um, I'm glad you said that. So, I, what softwares are you using? Um, like, I'm, tell me all all the different softwares that you are programs, whatever that you're using. And so, the what? main software, yeah. So, the main one we use for booking appointments and checking clients out is the FTX Cloud software. Um, we're familiar with STX. We used to use it before, but they have like rebranded and have a new system. So it's called STX cloud and pretty much anything that you need to do is achievable within STX. You can obviously book and check in, check out clients. The system that we use for credit card payments is a Clover and they are linked. So when you sign up for STX, you also get the Clover with it. So you don't have to find like Square or an arterior like credit card machine. So FTX and Clover. And then you can do things within FTX like uh, marketing emails, you know, targeting specific groups of clients to send text messages or emails to about anything. Um, It's honestly a really great system. It can give you business forecasting reports, sales reports, product sales reports. Like literally anything you ever need, STX Cloud is the shit. And I would say like pretty affordable. Um, And it did seem like compared to other credit card processing machines, the Clover with STX had a lower um, like percentage of what they also take per swipe. So that was nice. And then you use uh, Excel. Do you use Excel or do you use Google Sheets? (laughs) We use Google Sheets Uh, and like the um, one on the MacBook, just like the numbers page. Okay. And this is kind of where it goes into like 
leaning onto our support system because um like her mom is incredible with like budgeting sheets and things like that and i will constantly be disrupting my boyfriend's day to make us excel sheets because he's incredible with excel i barely even know how to open the freaking app so um you know yeah. well sometimes justine and i will have a vision and we're like okay we need this this and this this sheet done but how can we visual but like we're very visual people but on some of these softwares it's like whoa this is insane um so we'll send that to people in our like support group to, to help us make that so we will see kind of where that comes but more often than not it comes from people that we know and love <laughs> okay and um do you uh is that it is that basically the all the tools that you use to help you run your business well we do use quickbooks for our accounting stuff well we do have a hired accountant for like the daily stuff and how we communicate with our accountant we will use quickbooks um yeah so we use quickbooks and then probably like randomly business things like social media you know we have software for editing videos and Making, story. making Instagram stories, you know, like little apps okay. and stuff. But that's pretty much it. Okay, cool. Awesome. And um, I'll, I'll, that'll all be for you listening and viewing. Um, I'll make sure that this information is uh, available for you. Uh, you can just look below and uh, it'll direct you to that information. <clears throat> okay, this is great. Okay, so, all right. So you got, now I want to go back to um, your your rental versus uh, the people who do your renting, who rent from you, are they, are they, do they just hit you up out of the blue or do you have a relationship? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It's, um, a, it's grown at first. All of the people that were renting, we knew previously. And now okay. it's kind of like it's grown a bit. Cause we, we, now. yeah. And we advertised for that on social media. Um, through both of our Instagrams and the salon page that we were looking for independent stylists. So it's a good mixed bag. And how do I mean, you now find, we have a relationship. <laughs> how do you, how do you find the people that um, like, if, if you didn't know them, how have you discovered these people that come in rent from you? Mostly Instagram. Um, they just hit you up or you hit them up. They hit us up. Okay. Yep. Okay. They usually will send us an email or DM us um, if they're interested, and then we'll just continue the conversation. Okay. We do often look at their Instagram pages, and we often will have an interview with them or meet them via Zoom if they're not in the DMV. And how do you decide um, whether or not someone is a good fit as a rental versus a commission? Mm-hmm. So, generally, any of our rental stylists are going to have um, already a following and already be pretty experienced in their craft someone and we kind of so before we even we generally when someone reaches out we'll just send an interview and we'll just check them chat with them about what they want and what they need so if it sounds like someone is newer to the industry looking to gain a following looking to have a more permanent place behind the chair work more than three days a week um and just kind of like gains experience and kind of be a part of like a salon family or things like that, then um, we're generally going to lean them more towards commission. If someone comes to us and says, you know, I want to be traveling or 
I don't want to be working more than one to two days behind the chair or I want to be working in other salons or maybe I'm planning to open a salon of my own. Anything, we really want them to be as honest and as vulnerable as they can because that way we can support them. Um, and then, so then that sounds more like rental to us and we'll kind of disclose information on why we would choose that for them. And we also really encourage for any of our stylists to know that either or could be an option for them. So even currently we have a commission stylist that we're eventually switching to rental because her goals and her dreams have changed for her, um, which is great. So I think that's really important to us when chatting with someone is like, this is why this option sounds better for you. Um, and but if in six months or a year your goals have aligned on something else, then we can chat about that. We do quarterly one-on-ones with our employees, not so much our renters as of late. I think we're just like still giving them time to get adjusted. Um, but then that's really where we'll also talk to employees about kind of where they're at, what they're doing, and what they're moving towards. And if something in those kind of consultations change to where it sounds like, okay, maybe you should be more like a commission stylist for us because of SSX, then we would swap. Have you ever had anybody who um, came in and they wanted to be rental when you thought that they would, they should be commissioned? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. And yeah. yes. And I do that? feel like, well, it's funny because the person I think that recently we wanted to be more commission or have us do more things for them. They don't live in the DMV anymore and they were living elsewhere and when we interviewed them, it was like, I used to live in the DC area and I have some clients that I still want to see when I'm in town. I would love to be a renter at your salon. And we were like, great. If you already have a following and you already have clients you want to see, no problem. And then I do feel like since it had been so long since this person was here, their following was not as much as they thought. And so we were kind of like, oh, well, we have so many clients that we would love to share with you or get on your book. So maybe it might be better, you know, if we kind of went in a different route so that we could fill your books while you're here, you know, be a better opportunity for you while you're here. Um, but a lot of things are happening in her life right now. And she is not going to be renting um, after January anymore. But we haven't really made that switch for anyone yet. But there are little things like that where we, you know, kind of watch them while they're here and if they aren't as busy as they could be and we're like oh but you're paying us rent and you're not making as much it might not be the best fit let's talk about it okay so that's interesting so when um if someone doesn't have the business then they should be a commission stylist basically one so that's at least one i part think of it. so i think so at least I think a commission stylist is great for someone that is looking to gain traction behind their name and a following. Um, our we generally run it like our commission based stylist. Your book, your book, your clientele is booked through our system through SDX, and um, any client that wants to see you is going through a reception. For someone that's more independent stylist, they're generally going to be running their own scheduling and checking out, right? Because all those clients that see them are not going to check in. They're not going to pay Blackbird to see them or probably even call Blackbird to see them. They're more likely going to work within that independent stylist like request um, for payment scheduling. So when someone doesn't necessarily have a strong following, um, it, renting might not be best for them because Blackbird 
you know, can use our wait list or our traction on social media that we have to refer those clients into their book. But because a renter's schedule is now a front on our system, I can't necessarily see what your availability is. So there's like kind of this misalignment, I guess I could say, um, which is why we think that if someone is still kind of growing, it's better because you can lean on us a little bit more to give you a full book of clients and we'll provide color for you and back bar and an assistant. Like those things are super, super, super expensive. Um, so for someone that's a little bit newer to the industry or newer to the area, that's a lot to be responsible for. Um, so. <laughs> so as a, so as a stylist, a rising stylist or someone looking to like, you know, find a new salon home, I love everything I'm hearing. Uh, uh, what you're saying as far as options for stylists. Now I want to put I'm gonna put salon owner hat on and yeah. I'm gonna ask you some other questions. All right. So <clears throat> so one, I think that's very generous of you to want to say, hey, you need to build, go ahead and build, because you could just collect rent from somebody until they can't afford to pay it anymore and they go out of business and then place replace it with somebody else. Um yeah. So, so that's, that's like very uh, considerate of you, which I think is awesome. Uh, that says something about you. So, but thank you. Uh, from like a dollars and cents perspective, what would, well, I got two, two part question. First part is, have you had a commission stylist that said that they wanted to become a renter? Yes. And, yes. and did you do the transition? We are currently about to do a transition okay. with someone in our salon. She has um, always been commissioned with us and she is looking to move to LA and come back to DC every six weeks. So okay. she wants to come back to Blackbird every six weeks, have one full week here at Blackbird and then go back to LA for the rest of the time. So in our conversations with her on what works best for her dreams, we are going to transition her to renting instead of commission. She already okay. has a stack clientele and we know that when she does come back she's going to be fully booked with all of their clients that she's already been seeing it just makes a little bit more sense for her to make more money renting because at the end of the day she will be making more money as a renter than as commission and if you're only here for a week stack that money go back to la where she's probably on commission and then do that so what if what if sorry go ahead I was going to say, we really want it to be fair game for our renters, and we really want them to be able to make as much money as possible when they're here. Um, So we'll generally just give them a key, and we'll say, work whatever hours you want, let us know if you need anything. And some of them will be here from like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and it's (laughs) insane, And um, but that's what they want to do, and they can pull out easily like a grand to two grand in the hours that they've had. Um, and then they're only, you know, whatever. So we're not like, oh, you can only work between these scheduled hours. We really encourage them to like use the salon as yours. These are our basic rules, but um, making money. <laughs> I do also think um, this is something that we recently heard from another salon owner, someone that we've always looked up to. And I think that when I heard it, it really resonated with our little business model and how we could grow it even more and be similar to how they have their business run but someone that Devin and I really love we recently took a class from them in New York City and he owns eight hair salons 
So like huge operation. He talks a little bit about this. Yeah, it's Jay Edwards. He's an Australian colorist and a salon owner. He's the best. Um, We we really love him. And he talked a little bit about his model. And we didn't know anything about his salon model until we took a class. And it's kind of similar in that he also does have commission and renters. But what I found interesting was once they've worked for him for a long time under commission and they've gained this clientele and they've gained this following, their career path can then lead to renting because you have these amazing stylists who obviously are making money for themselves, but also for the business. Once you get to a certain point in your career, like Devin and I did, you know, we thought, oh, we could make more money not working for someone, not being on someone else's commission. We then left. In order to pay back your your stylists who work hard for you and, you know, want to make a living for themselves, it does seem interesting to later on move them to rental so that they can still work for you and at your salon, but make more money for themselves. And I do find that kind of career path, if that's something they're interested in, I find it really interesting because, you know, we want you to succeed, but we also want you to, you know, be loyal to us because we've spent all this time trying to grow you and it would be so sad to see them leave. So I find that really interesting, something that we might grow on. I love I'm I'm glad you said that. And I that there's one part of what you said that I think is really important for like all salon owners out there. Uh, the one part that you said is that it's really not all one of the parts that you said that was really important was um you didn't want them to leave. Like, you know, how do you maintain a stylist that's got a full book that's been working for you for years who wants more from you? And uh giving them the option to then take seize con- complete control over their biz own business, but not have to walk out the doors and maintain some form of revenue from somebody. But it's not just like about the revenue, right? I mean, it's about having that person in your salon and yes. you enjoy working with them and their customers. Yeah. It's like uh, a okay. big circle. <laughs> Absolutely. So I have a, I got a, I got a question that, and I, I love everything you're saying. So when I ask you this question, I'm not questioning you. I'm just going to screw the, put the screws to tighten the bolts, so to speak. Um, hypothetical scenario, you grow everybody to be on the rent, be a renter. Is that going to sustain your business? Well, I feel like if everyone is then renting, there's always someone underneath on commission. At that point, we'll just need more chairs. At that point, we'll Amen. just need I like it. You need it. <laughs> you know, I love like- it. Location number two. <laughs> I think, um, but not everybody wants to rent. Yeah, not everyone wants to rent. The idea of them being responsible for color or support staff or even some of our employees don't even want to be. They're like, I don't want to be responsible for that, <laughs> which is fine. Like, I feel like we've realized, and I think that's what's so important about being invested in continuing education for younger stylists because then you're kind of introducing all these different opportunities or roads maybe less traveled in the industry and then that helps us and also when stylists grow to a point where they can become more independent to become a traveling stylist that opens that chair back up for us and then you know I think what's most important for Justine and I is creating demand for that chair um 
because then if someone eventually gets too big to grow out of it, there's always someone else that wants it, um, which then creates this crazy sheep over figuring out who's immature and which day. Um, but that's really important. And I think that all comes from creating a really important or a really great workplace environment where people genuinely want to work here and enjoy working here because then, you know, you don't have a traveling sales that's out in LA and says, oh my God, it's an amazing place to work. Like, you should reach out to them and you want to go take clients and succeed. So then we build those connections, but then we also have these apprentices that come to us and say, I want that. Like, that's always been something I've wanted to do. And so we're kind of getting like from both ends. But then at the same time, it creates this really safe relationship for our like more permanent silos right now that they can be honest and with us that if they do want to leave or they do get to a place like Justine and I once were where they just want to move to other things that we're not left shell-shocked and like without options um because I think that is something that we really learned in leaving our prior salon is that it's really important to have a solid relationship with your employees because the idea that they won't leave is not real like people if you're going to have extremely talented staff you can expect that at least a small percentage of them will eventually become salon owners themselves right because that's a goal that people have for this industry and that's a great goal to have so i think we really just try and encourage as many routes as possible and really healthy relationships with our employees so that if they ever say like this isn't it for me anymore i want to move on that we they can still recommend us to maybe future stylists at our salon I love this. So what you're saying is that you designing a business around the hairdresser. That's what I hear you saying. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Cause this is actually taught. This topic is very close to my heart. I, um, I, 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 I definitely hear everything you're saying is like, it's like you're talking about addressing some of the biggest problems in the biz in our, the business of hair dressing as a, or in the business of salon and behind the chair of our industry. And I think that's so good, you know, give people options, you know, think about the lifetime, the life of their type of their career, as opposed to how much you can squeeze out of them. You know? Yes. And I think clients are attracted to the salon because people like I always tell my clients, you never want to go to a restaurant where it seems like your server hates their job, right? People are attracted to good energy and people are attracted to good things and good people. And I think coming into a space where people don't feel trapped or they feel like they have their genuine creative freedom to do what they want. I think that really creates a great relationship that we have with our clients because they're the other half of the equation. And, um, I think that that's really important because we have shaped a salon that's completely about um, our stylists and them being happy and them being successful. And I think how our clientele business does, they recognize that and they really want to be a part of that story. And they really want to, They everyone wants to get their hair done by someone that wants to do hair and is really inspired and creative and keeps up with trends and motivated. And I think we just try to attract a stylist that has that. And then from there, you get clients that really want to be a part of that too. So it all works out. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. I think so many. Um, I think that there's something to be said about being a salon owner that is thinking about the 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 career path of a hairdresser, uh, about about the happiness of a hairstylist. You know, 
I, I have this debate with salon owners all the time. And, you know, this whole concept of the client is first. Well, like if you go a place where the client is first, but the stylists aren't happy, then it's kind of like a soulless, empty salon, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but my famous, my favorite phrase is happy stylist equals happy customer. And mm-hmm. you know, if you don't make, keep your stylist <laughs> happy and you don't give them a place to grow, uh, the clients are going to feel that. And the clients are going to leave your salon yeah. because you didn't give them the ability to grow. And, uh, so I, I think that's, I think it's super awesome. I mean, of course you got to consider the customer, but, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I like, I like everything I'm hearing. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, so do you have any um, advice for somebody who maybe like wants to come in, you know, check out Blackbird, maybe they're watching this and be like, they sound awesome. I want to, I would like to do hair there. What, um, what words of advice uh, do you have for somebody like that, for a stylist like in that position? I think what we look for when we interview people is, um, and I was actually just having a conversation because one of our stylists that's renting is getting ready to move to Austin. And she was like, how do we prepare? Like, how do I, how do I sound appealing to other salons? And I was thinking about like what we look for when we're talking to stylists. I think we look for a great portfolio or just like an Instagram where people seem engaged with their clientele or just engaged with their craft. I think we look for, um, a great little blurb about them about why why they are a hairstylist and kind of what they love and what they specialize in or what keeps them moving and then we also look for um like clarity on what they're looking for from us um which is really important too because that can keep a conversation moving and progress pretty quickly so when a stylist reaches out to us and says like i want to like really can be clear about what their needs are and what their wants are. I think that can really create like a great relationship with us so that we can kind of grow with them. Whereas if it's kind of like, if I don't really know what I want, then it's harder to create like a path. So I think those are things that we love. I think we really just care about people that love what they do, which sounds super cliche and has probably been said a million times before. <laughs> But it's super true. You know, if you don't really want to be a hairstylist, then, oops, I lost my mic. (laughs) (laughs) Then you probably shouldn't work here because we definitely work really hard and we work a lot. So people are staying motivated to do well here. Cool. Um, So, um, you just made me think of like, oh, so just like uh, anybody who watching this or listening to this, uh, if you're a salon owner or an aspiring salon owner who is questioning some of this like approach, I I, uh, I encourage you to do some research on this thing they're calling the great resignation or the great reshuffling where you have millions and millions of people quitting their job. And uh, studies have shown that people are reconsidering where not only like where they work with all the work from home stuff, which isn't really applying to us, but it does because hairdressers found out just how much, how much money they can make when they are free. So when they want to work for you, it's because they want to work for you because every hairdresser found out what it's like to take cash during quarantine. Maybe not every hairdresser, but most hairdressers (laughs) I taught, I know. Um, And so like, just 
just do your research and ask yourself, how can I have a successful business in five years if I don't adapt my business to what up and coming stylists want, what the younger generations want. They want that flexibility. They want control and they want the ability to like grow somewhere and they want to plan. So um, I think what you're doing is great. And on that, on that note, I'm going to ask you for one last piece of advice and tips. So to the aspiring salon owner or the currently current running salon owner, do you have any last pieces of advice or tips or messages? To the salon owners, oh man, or an aspiring salon owner, it's a whatever. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I do think it is always important to listen to people that are now, you know, in a different and younger place in their career than where you are, right? You've gotten to this place where you are the owner or you are the aspiring owner. Don't ever forget the opinions and the views of the people that are going to be working for you or want to be working for you. Those opinions do matter. And what they're looking for is what's going to kind of guide your business. Because oftentimes we forget that things change after we've gone through them. How I had my apprenticeship in my career is now completely different because it's time has moved on, time has progressed. These younger stylists, they do want flexibility. They do want different things than what we wanted. So listening to your people and what they need and what they want is super important. This is great. I love it. I love everything y'all are saying and doing. I hope to have you back on the show again and check in on you and see how it's going. I know that um, you guys got off to a rough start, but it sounds like you're doing awesome things. It sounds like you grew up real quick, and uh, I expect I expect more more to see more of that. So um, until then, I want to say thank you for your time, and um, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we you. had so much fun. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, in for all you listening and watching, uh, please check out Blackbird Salon. It's District Blackbird on Instagram. We'll all leave all that stuff below, even with also with a link to uh, where you can check out more information from them. Um, if you haven't already, please like, follow, subscribe wherever you're at. It helps support the channel. It doesn't cost you anything. All right. Hell Until yeah. then. Peace. See ya. Thank you.